Welcome to Intermittent Signal. I'm David A. Westbrook. This is episode number eight, Welcome to New Country, part one. The music has been composed, produced, and written by Vince Parlato. This is the beginning of an audiobook, Welcome to New Country, Music for Today's America. The text of the book is available on Amazon for a very modest sum. Vince Parlato, not at all incidentally, did a great deal of work on this book. In due course, I hope to put the entire audiobook on Amazon. Before we get started, however, I want to say just a little bit about this project over the years, because it taught me something important and a bit scary about public discourse in the United States today. Welcome to New Country is sort of a sampling, a mashup. The work of others is arranged with relatively little, depending on the chapter, interference from me. I think this makes the argument of the book much stronger. This is not what I personally think about America. This is what lots of people think. See, it's the words to a hit song. There is reportage, maybe even a kind of folk anthropology here. These are sonic artifacts. Using found material is, of course, common in music, also in film, montage, graphic arts, collage, but not so much in writing. It's weird. A number of my academic editors said basically, more you, less quotation. But I did not want it to be about me, or if so, only indirectly. So that was a problem. The real problem, however, is that Welcome to New Country is about ideas, but is not academic. I've published lots of academic books, and I could have turned this into one. More big words, more footnotes, obligatory citations. But that was not this project. It turns out, however, that it's really hard to speak of ideas unless you speak in the languages of the university, and I had no desire to do that. My academic publishers, who have published me before, have constraints. Books have to fit on their so-called lists. But getting the book on a list would make the book less accessible, with more discussion of other books, and so forth. You probably wouldn't listen, much less read. I therefore took the text to commercial presses and to agents. They said nice things, but they wanted me to make the book less about ideas, more about characters, singers, and such, and their stories. Maybe about why I thought this or that song was great, and you should too. But I didn't want to write about what I like. This project isn't fandom. It's not even critical appreciation or some sort of set of arguments about artistic significance. So the book stands on what has become a weird square, the intellectually serious, non-tribal, non-academic book. So I just put it on Amazon at minimal cost, where it has been well received. I also put up a YouTube channel so you can find the songs discussed in order. What I'm wondering today is whether podcasting or audiobooks could be an even better way to have a serious, non-academic discussion about what country music might mean and what it might teach. Well, I'm going to try. Why does this bother me? I think the notion that ideas are public, as opposed to professional, is central to the American project, Hamilton's government from reflection and choice. At least as late as the 50s and 60s, one could speak of the Great Books Project, Lionel Trilling addressing the well-read citizen, and so forth. That seems to be fading, if not gone. You may be wondering, what are these public ideas that Welcome to New Country is trying to articulate? Do I have to wait for months as Westbrook trickles out podcasts to find out? Well, here's a preview. The book shows, as opposed to argues, how and why commercial new country music is a major collective achievement, on par with jazz and the Broadway musical, albeit in very, very different ways, of course. 
A traditionally Southern and working class idiom has been transformed into a national and middle class mode of expression that articulates many of the hopes and concerns of life in America today. At its most interesting, new country music is music for the middle, middle class, middle aged, and often in the middle of the country. Welcome to New Country is written sympathetically as a small contribution to ameliorating some of the divides that run through this nation. Using copious quotation from hits, straightforward explication, and a bit of memoir, I'm trying to show how new country music articulates an American mythos. Country music not only expresses an imaginary, small towns, cars, fields, and so forth, but also meditates on life from birth to death, home to politics to being out on the lake to God. Politically, country music reflects changing ideas of America itself, which may be caricatured as a shift from expression and self-governance to appreciation of American experiences. America may be reinventing herself, and this music is a way to start talking in very plain language about how. Psychologically, new country music is on occasion what in another context was called existential. It queries, sometimes rather desperately, the significance of often ordinary lives. Indeed, there are a number of country music songs, in a chapter of the book, about life itself and how we stand vis-a-vis -vis our days, middle-aged concerns. So country music is popular and commercial and so forth, but that is not to be confused with unserious. Okay, well, I'm glad to get that off my chest. Let's start the book. Preface, Road Music. On account of a woman, and what isn't, I found myself in the very center of the country, the heart, as they say. I found myself in Kansas. From here, the continental nation extends, mile upon weary mile, in all directions. America seems different, bigger, thinner, more of a question that has not been completely answered yet. Also on account of my family's move west, I have to drive a lot. Although based in Kansas, I do most of my writing for my place on Silver Hills, a mountain north of Fairplay, Colorado, and just south of the Great Divide. I still work back east in Manhattan or Buffalo, New York, where I sometimes teach at the State University and stay with a buddy in an old farmhouse. And family health concerns require me to spend a lot of time in Texas. So I drive, trying to meet the demands of work and to be a good husband and father. Incidentally, on the diagonal, Ohio is a huge and frustrating state with strict speed limits and eager patrols. My long-haul driving, however, started years ago. I left Georgia to go to school in the North to study law at Harvard, where I met Amy. After graduation, we got married in Tyler, Texas, the rose capital of the world, not far from Kilgore, Texas, where beauty knows no pain. We moved to Washington, D.C. and started having babies. I left the practice of law to teach, which took us to the village of East Aurora in the hills south of Buffalo. Through these years, we struggled mightily to keep close to family in the Carolinas, Georgia, and Texas, to be there for the big things, weddings and births, illnesses, and of course funerals, but also to spend time by the lake in the mountains at the beach, to visit, as Southerners say. So I don't know how many times I've slid down the Appalachians like a raindrop on a window pane, or squinted in the sun setting towards Texas. Flipping through the radio dial on long drives, I found myself listening to country music, sometimes with tears in my eyes. Music often makes me cry, but new country music especially spoke to matters wearing on my heart, from loving your wife, to raising kids, to getting old, to losing parents, to church, to cancer, to how I felt about my country, 
to drinking too much, to working too hard when it seems pointless to. These were songs about me and who I am. At my age, that means songs not so much about me, but about what I care about, and all too often, about my responsibilities. I started writing notes about the songs, scrawling with my right hand on whatever scrap paper I had while I drove with my left. And as I write this book, I'm going through those scraps of paper, most barely legible. So, what is this book about? Many of us are skidding about the continent with no traction worth talking about, trying to keep faith, hold family and work and self together, singing along. This book tries to show how new country music helps some people make sense of such lives. And just maybe, music can help us feel our lives together, can help us cross some of the divides that run through this enormous nation. Chapter 1. Country Style Something big and important happened to country music, and everybody knew it at the time. It's hard to explain, but here's a place to start. In 1981, Barbara Mandrell sang, I was country when country wasn't cool. The song was a response to the slick kind of country music, neo-country, played in the movie Urban Cowboy. The movie starred John Travolta of Saturday Night Fever, a movie about disco fame, and the old TV show, Welcome Back Cotter, which was set in Brooklyn. This was country? So Barbara responded by singing about sticking to her roots. For her, country simply was her style of singing. And for that matter, the whole way of life of people like her, people from the country, from the South. But evidently, what country was wasn't so clear anymore, now that country was cool. In 1994, Alan Jackson sang Gone Country, about three different singers, a Vegas lounge performer, a folk singer in Greenwich Village, and a composer trying to make it in California, who all decide to go country. Alan isn't upset about an aging singer getting back to her roots, even if she actually grew up on Long Island. Look at them boots, he sings, a bit mockingly, but also encouragingly. Similarly, the folk singer moving from Greenwich Village to Tennessee shrugs, they're not as backward as they used to be, and you can hear Alan smiling. Maybe the Civil War wasn't quite over, but the South was clearly rising in the eyes of the Yankees. If Blake Shelton and Trace Adkins have it right, then country music is for everybody, or could be. Verse 1. Yeah, I got a friend in New York City. He's never heard of Conway Twitty. Doesn't know nothing about grits and greens. Never been south of Queens. But he flew down here on a business trip. I took him honky-tonkin' and that was it. He took to it like a pig to mud. Like a cow to cud. Verse 2. Nah, you ain't gotta be born out in the sticks with an F-150 and a 30-odd six or have a bubba in the family tree to get on down with me. And the chorus. We all got a hillbilly bone down deep inside. No matter where you're from, you just can't hide it. In American Saturday Night, Brad Paisley sings a country song, or it sounds country, about the various influences that have built this nation of immigrants. Everywhere has something they're known for, but usually it washes up on our shores. Fittingly enough, he even got to work live from New York at Saturday Night into the song when he hosted SNL. By this point, we're a long way from Brad's home in West Virginia, a long way from Hillbilly. And Toby Keith, out of Oklahoma, seems to think that country music, suitably lubricated, can resolve the many contradictions of these sometimes not that united states, 
at least among drunk Americans. Verse, verse. We ain't east, we ain't west, we ain't left, we ain't right. We ain't black, we ain't white. We just came here to drink. I could go on, but you get the point. It wasn't just that country music was suddenly cool and maybe a little bit fake, as Barbara Mandrell worried. What had been country, southern, rural, working-class music, gave rise to something different, a style of music, new country, with national appeal. Any style, and country music is no different, uses a specific vocabulary, a set of images, words, ideas that hang together in some sensible way. Some things are country, like the F-150 and the 30-odd-6 and Hillbilly Bone. A Ford Taurus and a 9mm are not country. So what are the elements of country style? For starters, you can listen to the next chapter, a tongue-firmly-in-cheek dictionary of country. The fact that country music has a specific, limited vocabulary doesn't mean that country music doesn't say a lot. It means that country music isn't literal, and in that sense realistic. I know that country music singers often say they are keeping it country, and music critics like to talk about what's authentic. But that's not true, or not simply true. The real world, even of southern rednecks, is not the same as the world portrayed, idealized, in country music. Most country music fans are not farmers, and actual farmers tend to be high-tech businessmen with scary balance sheets. The country musicians you hear on the radio do not spend much time drinking homemade wine, walking down dirt roads to fish with cane poles, or even partying in fields by headlights. Nashville, Austin, and Atlanta are not small towns. Country music doesn't achieve what it does by realistically describing life. Instead, country music sings important things about how people live, and more importantly, how they feel, by being imagistic, metaphorical. At its best, country music is downright poetic. This is why the limitations of the songs, the specific vocabulary, and the few dozen usually commonplace words delivered in less than four minutes matter so much. To say something serious with simple images in a short song, things must stand for other things. We don't all drive trucks, and most of us rarely, if ever, tear up fields. But when Lee Bryce achingly sings to his dead brother, dog tags hanging from the rear view, old school can, cowboy boots, and a Go Army shirt folded in the back, this thing burns gas like crazy, but that's all right. People got their ways of coping. Oh, and I've got mine. Chorus, I drive your truck, I roll every window down, and I burn up every back road in this town. I find a field, I tear it up. All the pain's a cloud of dust. Yeah, sometimes I drive your truck. We feel this pain, and perhaps remember some of our own, and we wonder about sacrifice. Trucks are a good example of what I'm talking about, because trucks mean a lot of different things in different country songs. When Tim McGraw sings that he doesn't want no other shotgun rider, the idea of riding shotgun, which once meant carting stagecoaches, now also means I'll always love you, and please let us be together. Verse 2. Slide, slide over nice and close. Lay your head down on my shoulder. You can fall asleep. I'll let you dream. Life ain't nothing but a dream. Don't want to be cruising through this dream without you. That's a hell of a grown-up love song, told in a simple way. And that is just the sort of song that I want to talk about. Country music has developed a way of expressing a lot about how many of us live, our hopes and fears, what we believe. What may seem to be mere style, something shallow, can become a language and a craft with which singers and writers give us songs that may be amusing, moving, comforting, uplifting, beautiful, important.
Chapter 2. A Country Dictionary. 30-odd-6. A rifle. Handy for deer hunting and scaring your daughter's boyfriend. Beer. The country beverage. Perfect for almost all occasions. Better than wine. Bird dog. Light, fast dogs built for finding birds. Pointing at them. Flushing them out of cover and or retrieving them. Love to ride in trucks. Blue jeans. Country uniform especially for girls and women, in which case usually painted on. Bo and Luke Duke, two brothers, heroes of the TV show The Dukes of Hazard, famous for sliding across the hood of their car, the General Lee, in order to make a getaway, cousins of Daisy Duke. Boats, floating platforms for drinking, fishing, various stages of undress, and guitar picking when it gets late. Boots, footwear. There are two kinds of boots, cowboy and work. Soldiers wear boots. Boots are often muddy. Cars. Vehicles that are generally inferior to trucks. Exceptions. Cadillacs with long horns mounted on the hood and NASCAR race cars. Fond memories of first car, often a Chevy Nova. Courthouse. Largest building on small town square. Traditionally in center. Old men sit in front of and chew fat. Talk. Dogs may sleep there. Chicken. Fried. Church, on Sunday mornings, attended by whole town, preceded by honky-tonks on Saturday night, followed by fried chicken, softball, or fishing. College. What? Rarely mentioned. Copenhagen, a band of chewing tobacco or dip. See skull. Cowboy, the only job better than being a farmer or a singer, especially if you ride rodeo. Cowgirl, not a job, but a way of life. Cowgirls don't cry. See daughters. Country, a way of being, sometimes found in cities, even New York City. Creek, small stream, good for fishing and skinny dipping. Note, most actual creeks are too small for either. Crown, Crown Royal, Canadian whiskey, alternative to bourbon, leads to dancing. Daisy Dukes, very short, cut-off blue jeans, named after Daisy Duke, a character in the television show The Dukes of Hazard, played by the bodacious, no other word fits, Barbara Bach. See also Bo and Luke Duke. Daughters. Cause for soul-searching by fathers and mothers, too. The world. Dixie cup. Disposable cup. Generally made of waxed paper. See red solo cup. Generally plastic. A Dixie cup might contain a non-alcoholic beverage. Dogs. See hounds or bird dogs. F-150. A pickup truck built by Ford. Farmer. A great job and a great way of life. Fishing, often done on Sundays with a woman you hope will be your wife, or your wife, or with children, or later, when your wife is angry at you, preferably done with a cane pole. Freedom, what makes America great, what we fight for. Front porch, place for sitting, swinging, watching neighbors, goodnight kisses, and guitar strumming. Hats, cowboy or baseball caps. High school, where memories are made and life lessons learned, especially about love and football. Hillbilly tuxedo, jeans and a jeans jacket, honey, kisses, Tupelo, a place in Mississippi where the honeybee was invented, hounds, sleep a lot, often in front of courthouse, more faithful than women, but don't live as long, giving rise to abiding sweet sadness, sometimes hunt, love to ride in trucks, blue tick is good, ice cold, temperature of beer, iced tea, see sweet iced tea. Inner tube. 
The inner tube of an older car are usually truck tire that holds the air. Modern tires tend to be tubeless. The inner tube can be removed from the casing, blown up with air, and used to float down rivers, around in a lake, or even towed behind a boat, all called tubing. Beer drinking is customary. Jack Daniels. A Tennessee sour mash whiskey, legally a bourbon. Don't call it bourbon, though, because it is not made in Kentucky, and somebody might correct you, which could lead to unpleasantness. Best friend, Jim Bean. Miranda Lambert says Jack Daniels satisfies my needs. But Luke Bryan says, you don't know Jack. Jim Beam, another bourbon, best friend Jack. John Deere, a brand of tractor and a color green. Mason jar, used for preserving and drinking and moonshine. Old-timey and more durable version of Dixie or Red Solo cup. Moonshine, homemade, unaged, illegal whiskey. Usually made from corn, clear. Synonym, white lightning. NASCAR, National Association for Stock Car Racing. Governing body for racing stock cars, which are not stock, generally on oval racetracks in front of several hundred thousand people. Patron, a favorite brand of tequila. Radio, where country music lives. Constantly on, especially in cars and at tailgate parties. Red Solo Cup, iconic beer vessel. Cheap and colorful. Modern version of Mason Jar. Rhyme. Country music, like Italian, is rich in rhyme. Roads. Preferably dirt or gravel. Surrounded by fields. Way to get to backwoods. Rodeo. Only sport better than football and NASCAR. An obsession and a symbol. Roof. Over my head to keep the rain off. Sign of adequate prosperity. Made of tin. Sounds great when it rains. Skinny dipping, swimming naked, the proper outcome of a tailgate party. Traditionally, hang your clothes on a branch. Note, it is very difficult to convince even a willing and slightly drunk young woman to go skinny dipping in the middle of the night. Usually, the water is cold. And what about snakes? Skull, brand of smokeless tobacco or dip. See Copenhagen. Sons, simpler than daughters, source of pride and doubt and weighing it all. Sun tea. You put the tea in a gallon jar and set it in the sun, and it slowly brews. Cool, huh? Sweet iced tea. Southern tradition. Sugar is dissolved into the tea while hot, supersaturating the liquid, and then the solution is iced. You get lots more sugar into the tea that way. Swimming. Skinny dipping, but with a bathing suit. Still nice. Tailgate. The place to sit while being country especially while drinking or fornicating or just talking to the one you love. Tequila, Mexico's gift to America, along with advanced spring break. Tequila makes her clothes fall off, sings Joe Nichols. Tractors, machines at the backbone of America. Trucks, what a man drives. Without trucks, there would be no tailgates. War, keeping our freedom. Granddaddy fought in the war. Daddy did too. Whiskey, other thing to drink usually indicates sorrow or desire to get wild. White lightning, see moonshine. Wine, drunk by women, but disfavored, unless homemade. Woods, place for hunting and making out and for giving parties by the bonfire. Helps to have a truck so you can sit on the tailgate. If you're lucky, you can get stuck. This has been a Welcome to New Country 
on intermittent signal. Music written, performed, and produced by Vince Parlato. I'm David A. Westbrook. Until next time, be well.